Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Welcome, welcome everyone to the first episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I am really excited and just appreciate you listening so much. And you know, this is a, a new chapter for me and a new medium for me. And you know, I'm really, really excited to really talk about my journey in learning and development. And I know so many people who are listening to this right now are just getting started or just thinking about making that transition into the a learning and development career. And spoiler alert, it's incredibly rewarding. Um, and it's, it's fun. You know, for me, the career of learning and development I was talking to someone about this earlier today. You know, I feel like if I help just one person uh, through my learning programs, my job is done. Um, that's a really great feeling. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm so pumped to be here, and I'm so grateful for you listening and tuning in. And I'm excited that you're here to join me on on this ride. You know, like I said, learning and development is such an incredible field to be in. And so if you are just considering getting in to this field, you have come to the right place. If you are looking to help people grow in their careers, to help them learn how to be the best, their best selves, develop themselves, um, coach them, guide them, you have come to the right field. Uh, so I'm really excited to have you here. I'm really excited to have you in learning and development. Now today, I really want to share a little bit about myself and my story and how I came from being, how I went from being a subject matter expert, so I was a salesperson, to within just a few years becoming director of training for an organization of almost 3,000 people. Uh, so it happened with just within a few years, uh, going from being that salesperson to being a director of training. And a lot of people spend 10, 20, 30 years to get there, and it happened very quickly for me. Essentially, it happened overnight, uh, and I learned so, so much. You know, from doing that. So today I really just want to share my story with you. Um, hope it gives you guys some hope, shows you it's not as hard as sometimes we think it is going to be. Um, it's really, in all honesty, you know, you put your mind to it. Like I said, you have that instinct and that intuition and that drive to help develop people. You can make this jump really, really fast. So a little bit about me. I am actually from the East Coast. I live in California right now, but I'm currently about to about to actually relocate to Austin, Texas. So you're catching me at a really interesting time in my personal life. But I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up in South Florida, um, and you know, my whole life I wanted to be a bunch of random different things. Uh, so when I was in third grade, I wanted to be a meteorologist. I was obsessed 
with the Weather Channel. So everyone else would come home and watch cartoons after school. I would turn on the Weather Channel. Vivian Brown, shout out if you're listening, was my idol. And I wanted to be a meteorologist so bad. Turns out I'm terrible, terrible at math and science. Not my forte, uh, not my side of the brain necessarily. Uh, so I learned in order to be a meteorologist, you had to be pretty good at math and science. Uh, so that, <laughs> that kind of went uh, to the wayside. And then I wanted to be a bunch of different things. Now, when I was in 10th grade, I had a teacher say to me, Mr. Negacy, so our, my, our 10th grade history teacher, he said, I want one person, one woman in this class to be our first female president of the United States. And I raised my hand and said, I would be. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm not. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> you know, so we get someone soon. Um, as of today, we have a elected uh, woman vice president, which is so exciting. Um, but then I decided right then and there that I wanted to be in politics. So I am a history buff. I love history. Um, you know, to me, just understanding where we've been helps us decide where we're going, which I think is a really good indicator for what I ended up being in learning and development. For me, I just, I just dove into history and loved it and, and knew that I wanted to be, uh, be in politics. So I started, I went to college, I went to the Flor Florida State University, and I was a political science major and didn't really like it. <laughs> in all honesty, I, I started to learn how politics were much dirtier than I imagined them to be. I imagine more of a kumbaya, everyone's holding hands and making these great laws and helping people. So again, kind of flashing forward to why I love my career in learning and development. You know, I want to be in politics to help people. And I realized it was going to be much harder to do that, um, as you probably see in today's landscape, but really hard to do that without having to sacrifice a big part of who I was. So after a semester at Florida State, I decided that I wanted to be closer to home, and I went to the University of Central Florida and started study, studying psychology, uh, which, you know, here we go, kind of everything leads to learning and development for me, really wanting to help people. Specifically, you know, I really had a focus on children who had parents who were drug addicts and alcoholics, and to me, that was actually a, a home that I grew up in, and I really wanted to help people who were like me uh, just learn from that situation grow from that situation and, and how to cope with it. So I spent a few years uh, at Central Florida and studying psychology. And honestly, it just wasn't for me. Uh, school at that time, as much as I loved learning, I just I couldn't wrap my head around you know, psychology and you know, then having to go on and get my master's. And you know, so I was focusing on school, but at the same time, I was focusing on work. So I was working three jobs just to put myself through school. I was working three jobs, putting myself through school, which I wasn't really into. Uh, I was working at the university. I was uh, working at a call center overseeing uh, callers who called alumni and asked for donations. I was working at a pet store, a pet boutique on the weekends. And then on the days I wasn't at the call center, I was working at another call center, uh, raising money for muscular dystrophy. So I was working three jobs, all probably making, oh, I don't remember, very low, <laughs> very, very minimum wage, um, trying to support myself, put myself in an apartment, put myself through school. And, you know, I was really, really, really struggling um, in my life, in all honesty. You know, what I wanted to do, I always immersed myself into all my jobs. So I actually loved everything I did. I loved talking to people. I loved selling to people. Um, I loved helping people. So all of those jobs, those three jobs that I had, really, really 
helped me, you know, I think about it now actually about how, you know, each one of those jobs prepared me for what I'm doing right now. So, you know, you might think, what I'm doing right now has nothing to do with learning and development. You know, how are my skills transferable? I promise you, I promise you, no matter what you are doing right now, those skills are transferable into learning and development in some way, some shape or some form. So I was putting myself through school. I was having such a hard time paying my bills and I actually bounced a rent check. And uh, I wish I could say that it was the first time I had bounced a check, but it was not. I was not good with money. I you know, barely had any to begin with. I'm putting myself through school, trying to survive having an apartment, uh, living as a college student. I yeah, found myself with no money and bounced my rent check. And my mom was actually my co-signer on my lease. So rather than just telling me that I bounced my check, they called my mom. And my mom worked in, or works actually still, in property management. And she got that call. She lent me the money and you know, bailed me out. So thanks mom. Uh, but she bailed me out of that. And, you know, through that, she ended up calling the leasing office every single month on the third to make sure that my rent was paid and that it had gone through. So she established this really great relationship with the front office people where, where I lived. And with that, you know, she was talking one day and asked them if they were hiring. And they said they weren't, but a property nearby was. And so she called me and she said, Sarah, you know, property management could be something you'd be really good at. I said, absolutely not, mom. Like, I do not want to do what you do. Uh, and she said, all right, fine. Just so you know, it's a 20% discount. And I was like, hmm, light bulb went off. It's like, all right, it can't be that bad. And I, I would definitely you know, be down for a 20% discount um, off my rent. I'm already struggling. Plus, I would be making more money than I would at my three jobs combined. So I interviewed, I, I applied, I interviewed, uh, I got a job, and I got the job as a leasing consultant. So as an entry-level salesperson, leasing apartments in Orlando, Florida. And from day one, I fell in love with it. It was such a great job to be able to be in the business of helping people find their homes. And again, I think it relates so much to what we do, you know, in learning and development, we're in the business of helping people shape their careers. And so when you're, when you're involved in that big of a process in someone's life, it, you take it really seriously and you learn to, you know, you really have to love it in order to do it well. So my mom always says, you know, like you have to, you have to be, have a servant's heart. And I think with learning and development, the same thing, you have to have a servant's heart. You want, you have to want to be able to develop people. You have to want to coach people, see them grow. That has to be your motivation or you won't succeed in it. And I was saying to someone, you know, we're not in this to be billionaires. <laughs> no one gets into learning and development and hopes, all right, yeah, I'm picking this career because I know it's going to, you know, make me a billionaire. Um, but we become rich with experiences and seeing other people grow from our programs and from, you know, the trainings we create and the learning experiences that we have. And so I promise you, you'll be rich. You'll be rich in that. <laughs> but, you know, so I started, I started working full time and, so eventually I was making enough money and more money than my friends who had graduated from college. And I was like, I said to myself, what am I doing? I'm going to school for psychology and it's not even what I want to do with my life anymore. I love this job that I have. I'm making really good money. I have incredible benefits and I was 20 years old. You know, so I was making more than my friends, like I said, that graduated from college and were looking for jobs. And this was in 
2008, 2000, yeah, around 2008. So the economy was down. People couldn't find jobs. Uh, and so I was really, really lucky to have one and have one that I loved to do and that I was really good at. So I did that for a couple years. I was a, a leasing consultant. Then I moved to Washington, D.C., so from Orlando to, Orlando to Washington, D.C., and I was an assistant manager, so I grew up, I rose up in the, in the company, um, and then I switched companies, and I went to my last organization, uh, which was called Bazudo. and there I was an assistant manager, I became a property manager, uh, but while I was a property manager, I also became what was called an onboarding advisor, and I was a systems trainer. So for me, I was sitting in a classroom. Uh, so I was, a, I was a property manager, so essentially a sales manager. And I was in a training class called Leadership and Development. And I was sitting there and watching, uh, who was later on my coworker, uh, but who was a trainer at the time, which her name was Genevieve Whitworth, it's real. So hey, Genevieve. And I was watching her facilitate and I was mesmerized by her. And it just all came together to me. And I, I looked and I was listening to her and I said to myself, this is what I need to do. I need to be in training. And so after the training class, I very nervously, like shaking, went up to her and at that time, the director of training, Stephen Fretwell, and I said, I want to do what you do. I think I said that. I don't know. I think I blacked out actually. Um, but I said, I want to do what you do. How do I become a trainer? And they looked at me and they said, do you know Yardy, which is one of our systems? And I said, yeah. I'm like, okay, great. You can be a, y a Yardy trader. Uh, so just like that, <laughs> from being a sales manager to all of a sudden being a systems trainer, I had two sessions where I watched someone else do it. And then I was on my own and I would teach classes of 20, 25 people, our system. Uh, it was live at the time. Again, this is many, many, many years ago now. Uh, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, in addition to that, I was an onboarding advisor. So I would have new hires come to uh, my location and my property, and I would help immerse them into the culture and onboard them. And I love that part of it. I love the new hire experience and you know, being able to welcome them on their first day, guide them through, have them shadow, you know, really see what a day in the life was like. Uh, so I loved it and I was still a property manager and I, so I was, had a full-time job essentially being a property manager, but luckily I had such great support from my managers uh, that they allowed me to, you know, kind of take on this side gig within my own company doing systems training and being an advisor. So um, maybe a couple months into doing that, a position came available for a corporate trainer and I read the job description and it was long and extensive a lot of things that I didn't have. <laughs> um, and also what I didn't have was a college degree at the time. And so I didn't apply. I looked at it and you know, most women, unless they meet 100% of the requirements, will not apply to a job. And I fell into that statistic and I did not apply for the job and kind of kept on my merry way and you know, said to myself, all right, I'll have to go back and uh, you know, get a degree at some point if I really want to do this. But, you know, to me, it was kind of a low point of, wow, this job seems great, but I'm just not qualified for it. So after one of my systems classes one day, and I would do systems training about once a month. Uh, so I'd only done it maybe a couple, a handful of times at this point. But after my systems training, I, the coordinator who ended up becoming one of my really great friends and incredible, incredible instructional designer, Jeanette Lopez, uh, she 
well, she's the coordinator at the time. And she pulled me aside and said, Stephen, who was the director, uh, eventually becoming the vice president, said, Stephen uh, wants to talk to you real quick. And I thought, oh shit, <laughs> like I'm in trouble. I did something wrong or they're not going to have this training anymore. Like that's it. I'm done. I'm never going to get to train. You know, all those terrible thoughts that flood our, flood our mind. And so I was sitting there, you know, sitting in his office, waiting for him to come. And I'll never forget, you know, he breezed on in and he looked at me square in the face and he said, so why haven't you applied for the job? I was like, what? He's like, the corporate trainer job. Why haven't you applied? And I said, uh, well, <laughs> you know, I looked at the qualifications and I don't meet all of them. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, you do this, you do this job. You know, you've been training, you know, the, you know the job because you've been doing the job. You know, you know the, the audience, right? You've been, you, have, you are a property manager, you're a sales manager. So you, you know, you have the subject matter expertise and you know, you've been proving yourself as being a great trainer. You know, what, what don't you have? And I said, you know, I don't have a college degree. And he's like, oh, don't worry about that, <laughs> you know? And so it's, it really does go to show too. And I hope everyone listening hears that part and really resonates with that is if there is something on that job description that you don't have, that's okay. You are still worthy and there's still a great chance that you will get that job. So do not let one, two, three, ten 10 things keep you from applying to that job. I learned that luckily I got a break and luckily they picked me, picked me out and said, hey, we want you to do this job because if they didn't, I would not be where I am right now. So do not hold back. When you see a job that interests you, that you feel like, yes, I would make a difference here. I would crush this job. You apply for it. So anyways, <laughs> um, I was given that job and I essentially, like I said, became a trainer overnight. So I knew nothing about training. Okay? So when I was facilitating systems training, I was just going by a book. So I had no experience whatsoever in actual training and facilitation and in instructional design. I didn't even know what the hell instructional design was, okay? So for me, all I had done was essentially was reading through a training book and showing people. Uh, luckily, I had an outgoing personality, so it made systems training a lot less boring. Um, but we would do that for eight hours a whole day. Oh my gosh, like, yep. I'm falling asleep just thinking about it right now. So I became a corporate trainer and I knew nothing, literally knew nothing and had to start putting trainings together. So I had to do a phone sales training, knew nothing about doing that. I had to work with instructional designers. I had to learn uh, articulate and I had to learn Camtasia. Those to me were foreign concepts, or just like speaking a different language. I had to immerse myself in all things adult education, adult, all things organizational learning. I was mentored by the best. So I had such great mentors. Stephen Fretwell was an, is, a, is an incredible, was such an incredible mentor to me. Um, you know, grew me, developed me, pushed me, you know, Genevieve real, like I was talking about before, you know, such an incredible facilitator, you know, really pushed me to be the best trainer that I could be. 
I had so many influences in my life and I was really able to start picking up a lot of these tools and tricks uh, and things that I help my clients through every single day. So I do, I do one-on-one coaching with people who are looking to get into the training and development world or people who just entered it and really don't know where to go. You know, that's what I spend the bulk of my time doing is, is helping develop people like that because that's how I was developed. You know, I had someone who was with me essentially every step of the way. And I also looked to learn as much as I could from wherever I could. I am a true modern learner. So for me, I was looking anywhere and everywhere to be the best that I could be. And I eventually ended up going back to school. I went to the University of Louisville. I studied organizational leadership and learning and the concentration in training and development and joined the Association for Talent Development and really immersed myself in the classroom. Uh, and and to learn myself, you know, I feel really strongly that, especially as learning and development uh, professionals, we can't pour from an empty glass, right? Our glass has to be full in order to pour and give to the rest, you know, of the world and to give to people that are within our organizations. And so I spent the next several years just completely immersing myself in all things learning, development, instructional design, user experience, modern learning, you name it, I immerse myself in it. And, you know, within just a few short years, um, so I became a corporate trainer in 2011. Um, In 2013, I became the director of training for the company. So we had almost 3,000 people at the time. I had several people reporting into me, instructional designers, corporate trainers, administrators, coordinators. Um, and so I was you know, managing a full-time training team and developing training, partnering with um, an instructional design team that we ended up you know, growing there as well. So you know, within just two, two and a half years, I went from knowing nothing literally nothing about training. Now, yes, of course, internally, I did know a lot because like I said, all these skills were transferable. My whole life I've been working up for this moment, uh, but really didn't know anything about the art and science. And two, two and a half years later, I was overseeing training and development for an entire organization. Um, And since then, I've been able to do that for several different companies. So I've been able to, you know, oversee training and development strategy, um, instructional design for several organizations since then. Um, And it's been such an incredible career. And for me, you know, I really have taken this last year and, and looked at, you know, what's my favorite part of my job and what's, as I've move forward, like I said earlier, you know, that, that, light bulb, that light bulb moment that goes off when you see that someone has learned something uh, and that they make that change in their career, you know, that's everything. And what I've realized for me is that moment's important, but for me, who's making that moment? And I've started to really dedicate my whole practice to you guys, <laughs> to people who are looking to become you know, training directors or heads of instructional design one day. But first and foremost, someone who's saying, hey, I want to get into l and I want to make that difference. I want to develop training programs that are going to be learning experiences for people and change their lives. And so I have dedicated myself um, through the Overnight Trainer and OvernightTrainer.com to really create a place where people can become trainers, instructional designers, learning development professionals as quickly as possible. 
So if you are looking to have someone coach you, develop you, mentor you, I offer a three-month coaching program. It's one-on-one. We meet every single week um, and we go through a ton of different things. So first and foremost, we find your niche. I think that's huge. You know, I started, my niche started out as being just facilitation. So I was a facilitator. I did not create content initially. I did not develop any content that happened pretty quickly, but initially uh, I was just a facilitator of classes. And I that was my niche. I nailed it. I learned it. I became an expert at it. And then I added on from there. Then I learned instructional design. You know, then I you know, learned coordination and LMS administration, all of those things. So that all takes time and I'm still, still learning every single day, but you know, I really help my clients identify what their niche is, whether it's facilitation, instructional design, administration, coordination. I really help you narrow down where that is, um, what that niche is. We, we figure out from there, what are your transferable skills? Like I said earlier, everyone has transferable skills. I promise you that no matter what you are doing right now or have done in the past, that will transfer into learning and development. So I really, really help my clients take a look at what they've done in the past. How do we rework and rebrand yourself um, to really show that you've actually been in learning and development all these years? All along, you've actually been a learning and development professional. So I help with that, help with networking um, and upskilling, right? So once you figure out that niche is, how do we get you where you need to be fast? So I look at all the different programs that exist out there, come up with a catered and curated training program for you to be able to give you, you know, resources and credentials and certifications. You know, what can we do in the quickest amount of time at the lowest cost to get you credentialed? Let me look at networking, your resume. We, you know, go out to see what content you can create. We'll look at building your portfolio. So we do all of these things together. Um, and at the end of 90 days, you are ready to, and even before that for a lot of my clients, you are ready to rock and roll. So, you know, I am now dedicating my life to you guys, my life's work to you guys, you know, how I can develop you. How can I develop you and how can you succeed? That is what's most important to me right now. Um, so I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Get to know me a little bit more. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn uh, under Sarah Canistra. You can follow the overnight trainer on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram at the overnight trainer. Um, and of course, check out my website, theovernighttrainer.com and sign up for our newsletter. Send out a lot of fun, free information every single week to you guys. <laughs>